Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Bible in the News. This is Tim Billington joining you. We're going to focus this week on Jerusalem Day and the poor media coverage which it received. The flag that you see spread at the bottom right is part of the celebrations for Yom Yerushalayim or Jerusalem Day. It's a huge flag that they spread out in the Kotel, that's the Western Wall Plaza, by the Temple Mount. There was also what's actually a very exciting march, and you can see the people walking through the gate of the old city there. Um, it's celebrating this year 55 years of United Jerusalem, and we're going to look at some of the history and see just exactly what that means and why it's so exciting. However, the media today slanders events like this and tries to make them out as evil. Take a look at this. And consider, was it really a sinister or racist event? The article on the left says, Racism of Jerusalem Day March is Israeli mainstream. And Haaretz, they say, Israel to allow right-wing flag march to pass through Muslim quarter on Jerusalem Day. By calling it the Muslim quarter, they're making out like this is provocative. Now, was its purpose really provocative or to insult Muslims? Again, the article on the left, um, it says, celebrate Jerusalem Day, but the Jerusalem Day flag march is an unnecessary provocation. The Times of Israel article on the right says, through Jerusalem's Muslim quarter, a triumphalist march by Orthodox nationalist men. Are these even fair or right descriptions? Is this racist? Is it an event that's only attended by men? Again, another accusation of racism from the Washington Post. Flag-waving Israelis take to streets. Skirmishes erupt in Al-Aqsa Mosque. Well, for a start off, no Jews are allowed in Al-Aqsa Mosque. What they probably mean is on the Temple Mount. But if they called it the Temple Mount, then it's much harder to try and pretend that Jews shouldn't be allowed to go there. I'd also just like you to think for a moment, we live in a violent world. There's violence all over the place. If there was some violent event that happened, does that mean that the march shouldn't have happened? Let's look at July 4th in the United States. There, um, there was, in 2021, 230 fatally shot over the weekend, which was down 26% from the year before. As far as Jerusalem Day is concerned, and this flag march that went through the city of Jerusalem, maybe there was some violence, but I know from multiple eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts that they were there and did not see anything themselves. So let's look at some other points of view. Let's look at some perhaps less biased eyewitness accounts, some video, and we'll see what actually seems to be going on here. I'm going to show you a clip, and maybe the first myth will bust that this is just nationalist men. Let's look. Bomb on the floor and don't have a diaper, and they're okay. <laughs> that's right, that's right. 
just good to be here. It's an amazing thing to have all these people here. You look at the crowd. If you look at these crowds and you see, it's so hot there, you know. Think about the journey the Jewish people have taken over these thousands of years. And now we're here. We're living, our generation. We get to live with this. And the new rebuilt in the Shalayim. No, we're not fully there yet. We're on the way. We're on the way. That's the biggest scoop. So there we are. We consider the history. It's an, it's amazing things that we're seeing in our day in front of our eyes. And as you saw in the vast crowd there, there was very many women. I chose a shot that had a concentration of women to point it out, but um, there's there's lots. It's a mixed crowd. There's all sorts of people. Here's another clip for you. This is the most exciting moment. I remember when we won the Six-Day War. You weren't born yet. And it was over before it began, and it was such a miracle, a real nace to have been part of the world at that time. And I can't believe we're celebrating now. Wow. I mean, we're crying. We're all crying. What's it like being here today, Leora? It's amazing, and I love this country with all my heart. How do you feel here, being in the streets of Jerusalem on Yom Yerushalayim? Tell us what's going through your head. How are you feeling? The world's coming alive. Yerushalayim's coming alive. It's beautiful. I mean, this is the love between a Jewish nation and their land. This is love between the between Hashem, between God. These are my daughters. Between God and His and His people. And the whole world, God loves everyone. The whole world is God's world. We are not a nation who wants to rule everybody, but rather to teach everybody, to teach everybody morality and ethics and what it means to have a family and to be married, not for five minutes and not for two years, but forever. So what we, what we have is um, families, men, women, religious, secular, all celebrating and singing religious songs and songs about Jerusalem. Um, let's consider this verse together as we think about um, our reaction and what it should be and um, and how this is a fulfillment of prophecy, that these people are here again. They're able to go and celebrate in the streets again. Jeremiah 31, verse 4, Again I will build thee, and thou shalt be built, O virgin of Israel. Thou shalt again be adorned with thy tabrets, and thou shalt go forth in the dances of them that make merry. Going out in the dances of them that make merry is a very common and an easy thing to find in Jerusalem. Um, just about any time you go, if you go there um, at about the time of the new moon, for the bringing in of the new moon, there's often a Rosh Chodesh dance that um, that marches through Jerusalem. Um, there's often events, uh, random, spontaneous, by the Western Wall, um, and it's marvelous and it's lovely to see the spirit. And, and the people there dancing and praising God. So what they're really doing is celebrating their land. Um, and if we, we look at the history, a number of the articles that we looked at pointed out how the march went through the Muslim quarter. Now, for a start off, they're celebrating the reunification of the city. How else are you going to, um, to celebrate that but to walk through all of the city? Another point is 
that this Muslim quarter, as it's called, that everybody likes to point it out, that it's the Muslim corner quarter, like this is provocative. But if you go back just a few years in history, this was actually an area with a large Jewish presence. If you go back before 1929, there was a thousand families in this section of the old city. The entire old city is only 0.35 square miles. So if there to be a thousand families in this part of it, there's a very high concentration of Jewish people. Here's a quote from this article that points out the hypocrisy of pointing out that this is the Muslim quarter. Um, it's the, called the misnomered Muslim quarter of Jerusalem. I put Muslim quarter in quotation marks because the description is a gross misnomer. While many Arabs live throughout this quarter of the old city, it is not the Muslim quarter at all. In fact, its original name was the Western Wall Quarter or the Old Jewish Quarter, for here was the center of Jewish life in Jerusalem. And that continues on. For example, according to the British census of 1920, the Jewish neighborhoods surrounding Hebron and Haggai streets in this thriving Jewish center, there were nearly a thousand Jewish families, many of them clustered in small apartments in the Galatial compound and the Wittenberg courtyard. Dozens of Jewish businesses filled the busy neighborhood. And so it carries on. So this area that's now called the Muslim Quarter was actually at one time the area where the, most of the Jews lived in Jerusalem. But Jerusalem was divided. This picture is from around 1967, and that's how the center of Jerusalem looked at that time. It was divided between east and west parts, and nobody was able to cross over through the middle. It was like Berlin with the Berlin Wall down the middle. Jerusalem was divided like this from 1948 until 1967. So if we consider this history, it helps us understand and feel the emotions that there are today. Next, we're going to take a quote from this article. During these 19 years, the Jordanian army placed snipers on the city line and initiated frequent shooting incidents at citizens and other targets on the Israeli side of the city, making their life in the nearby Israeli neighborhoods almost unbearable. It goes on, in addition, the Jordanians breached their commitment, the armistice agreement, to allow free access of Jews to the holy sites, mainly to the Western Wall and to the cemetery on Mount of Olives. They also desecrated Jewish holy sites, and they destroyed many of the graves on the Mount of Olives. So that's how it was before. There was sniper fire, there was violence. That division being taken away is something that would be a source of great rejoicing to the Jewish people there. Let's look at some historical pictures. These pictures show us how the population of the Muslim quarter lost its Jews. This is the Jews fleeing the Muslim quarter in the 1929 riots. The British evict Jews in 1936 from Jerusalem. And here in 1948, you have Jordan expelling Jews from Jerusalem at that time as well. And here's the situation as it ended up with divided Jerusalem again from another point of view with an Israeli policeman patrolling the barbed wire fence on Jaffa Street in Jerusalem. So with that historical background, let's look at the celebrations that there are today. They're cele celebrating the reunification of the old city, the taking away of that barbed wire, being able to return to the parts that they used to live, um, that were their home for many years, their historical homeland in Israel, even in fairly recent history in the 1920s. So let's 
Let's take a look then at the Bible and see if we can find any verses that help us see what God might think about these things that are going on. What's God's point of view? Um, here we go, Second Chronicles chapter 6 and verse 6. But I have chosen Jerusalem that my name might be there and have chosen David to be over my people Israel. So God has chosen Jerusalem. He cares about it. It's his city. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 32. What shall one then answer the messengers of the nation that the Lord hath founded Zion and the poor of his people shall trust in it? So it's God that's founded Zion. He's in control and um, he cares about the poor of his people and um, they're to be able to trust in it and to trust in him. Let's look at a verse now from Kings at the time of the um, the opening of the first temple, the prayer of Solomon. First Kings chapter 8, verse 29, Solomon's prayer, that thy eyes may be opened toward this house night and day, even toward the place of which thou hast said, my name shall be there, that thou mayest hearken unto the prayer which thy servant shall make toward this place. Continuing on, and hearken thou to the supplications of thy servant, of thy people Israel, when they shall pray toward this place, and hear thou in heaven thy dwelling place, and when thou hearest, forgive. So the idea of prayer toward the temple, the centrality of Jerusalem and the purpose of God, goes back at least as far as the time of Solomon. So in short then, this is God's city. It's one city in all the earth that has been chosen by God. And how should those of us that may not be Jewish, how should how should we feel about this? And how should we feel about God having chosen this city? And um, how does God expect us to behave and to think about it? If we look in Romans chapter 15 and verse 10, um, it's actually quoting from Deuteronomy. And again, he saith, Rejoice ye Gentiles with his people. So there, right there in Romans, um, it's telling us to rejoice with God's people. Let's take a look at the context in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 43. It says, Rejoice, O ye nations, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants and will render vengeance to his adversaries and will be merciful unto his land and to his people. He will be merciful to his land and to his people. And we are to rejoice when that happens. We're to rejoice with his people. And it's the hand of God that is doing this. God has reunified Jerusalem. Consider these verses. First of all, Psalm 102. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Verse 17. He will regard the prayer of the destitute and not despise their prayer. This shall be written for the generation to come. It was for a future time that this was written. And for the people which shall be created shall praise the Lord. For he hath looked down from the height of his sanctuary. From heaven did the Lord behold the earth. Verse 20, to hear the groaning of the prisoner, to loose those that are appointed to death. And as we look today, as we see Israel there, as we see them having returned back from the ashes of the Holocaust, those that were appointed to death that the Nazis were trying to kill, that managed to escape, and make it back to the land, those are the people that are there. Those are the core of the people that are there in Israel today. And what will happen? To declare the name of the Lord in Zion and his praise in Jerusalem. We're seeing these things come to pass before our eyes, and we should be excited about them. 
Joel chapter 3 as well. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Jerusalem. It is God that brings again the captivity of Jerusalem. And as we go on, we see that when God does this, it will be, had to be, it was prophesied that it would be a controversial matter in the earth. Because the result is, when he returns again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem, it says, I will also gather all nations and will bring them down to the valley of Jehoshaphat and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel, whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. And they're trying to part the land. They accuse those that try and live in Judea and Samaria, or the West Bank as the world calls it, they accuse them of apartheid. But realistically, it's the other way around. It's events like Oslo and the things that the world is trying to enforce against them that is more like the apartheid of South Africa. When a Jew tries to go into Area A in Judea and Samaria, he's confronted with a sign saying about how Israelis are not allowed to go beyond this point. In apartheid South Africa, if a black man tried to go in a certain area that was only intended for a white person, he would be confronted with a sign that would tell him that he was not allowed to go beyond that point. Solutions like Caroline Glick's one-state solution is something that would not divide the land. Things like Oslo and the two-state solution do divide the land. And the picture that I have at the side here of the flag burning, this is in Turan, and this is how the Iranians celebrate Jerusalem Day. This is a violent society. This is the kind of thing that people try and paint Israel out to be, but they're not. So the nations that come against them, that are behaving in this kind of way, that are angered by the hand of God bringing them back, God fights against them. Zechariah chapter 12, and it shall come to pass in that day that I will seek to destroy all the nations that come against Jerusalem. The nations that come against them, as Joel 3 says, God destroys them. Zechariah chapter 14, for I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations when he, as when he fought in the day of battle. They are going to come down to Jerusalem, and then God is going to destroy them there. This angers him, their attitude toward his people, their attitude toward his land, and their behavior in coming to fight against them makes God angry, and he destroys them. Next, Psalm 102, verse 13. Thou shalt arise and have mercy upon Zion for the time to favor her, yea, the set time is come. It's the set time to favor Zion. You can see that it's the set time to favor Zion because God is favoring them and he is bringing them back and he is working out his purpose. So we should also rejoice and favor Zion as well. This has been the Bible in the News. Thank you for joining us. Please come again for more Bible in the News next week, God willing.